Follow-up is key to success in this business. Wholesaling, you have to follow up with your leads. Did you know that 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect? 25% of salespeople make the second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople make three contacts and stop. And only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Here's where it gets really interesting, guys. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. 3% of sales are made on the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact. And here's the powerhouse. 80% of sales are made on the fifth through twelfth contact. What does that mean for you? It means you need to follow up with your leads. You need to set your follow-up on autopilot by using a CRM. Visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM to learn more about the CRM that the discount property investors are using in their business. You can follow up with text, email, voicemails, all automatically. Get to the 5th and 12th contact faster and close more deals. Again, visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. This is your host, David Dodge. Today, I am joined by a fellow wholesaler who resides out of Columbia, South Carolina. And I'm pleased to introduce Mr. Ben Lovro. Ben, how are you, buddy? David, I'm doing fantastic, man. Super humbled at the opportunity to come share some knowledge today. Look forward to diving in, man. Cool. Very cool. So I was just chatting with Ben before we started the show, and he has some really interesting and fascinating um, things that he was telling me a little bit about his life story. And I wanted to see if Ben would be willing to share that as well in terms of kind of how he got started in real estate investing and why he is doing it today. Ben, you've only been doing real estate full-time for what, two years? Two years. Yep. January, 2018. So full-time, it's been just under two years. Been studying up two and a half, probably close to three. Good. But as far as full-time real estate investor, January, 2018. Awesome, Ben. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in, man. Um, we are both wholesalers. If you, um, if you guys aren't familiar with wholesaling, wholesaling is um, defined one of two ways. One, it's flipping paperwork. People like to describe it that way. The other way that you can describe it is flipping houses without fixing them up. So sometimes you can assign those houses without closing. Other times uh, in my business, we close on them and then we resell them, but we don't touch them. We don't even go in them a lot of times. So you're flipping houses with very little work being done or you're actually just selling the paperwork. So if you are new to wholesaling, don't forget, check out our free wholesale course, which can be found at freewholesalecourse.com. Very simple domain and or check out our book on the ultimate guide to wholesaling real estate. We have the book as well as the audio version available on Amazon as well as audio, um, audible, I should say. Ben, tell us a little bit about why you chose real estate and how you got into real estate. Let's start there. Sure. So re real estate is one of those foundational vehicles for building wealth, right? And I think it's very underplayed as you're growing up, you know, going through schools and, you know, traditional education systems. There's never anything that's touched on as far as financial literacy, real estate, understanding the way to build a business, you know, all that. So my journey into real estate uh, was paved with a lot of mistakes, which we'll dive into 
later on as we progress in the interview. Um, but what actually had me focused and driven 100% full force towards real estate was after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I know that's yeah. a foundational book that a lot of real estate entrepreneurs kind of spike that interest with. Um, but that was, that was the game changer. That's the moment that I finished that book was the moment that the trajectory of my life took a complete shift. And I just started running full force towards real estate. So, okay. yeah, that's the short winded answer. Okay. So you, so you read the rich dad, poor dad book and you, it opened up your eyes to, I guess, other opportunities or other ways to make money that yes. has multiple benefits, of course. Um, and then, but while you were reading that book, you were what, waiting tables? Yep. So I was waiting tables at a restaurant downtown Columbia. I was working relentlessly every single day. We're talking six, seven days a week, working, saving, working, saving, you know, just spinning, spinning on a hamster wheel. And I was in this transformational change. You know, this was shortly after I had served a, a short sentence behind bars, which we'll touch on a little bit. Um, man, just spinning my wheels. I knew that I was being called to something far much greater because of my past. You know, I couldn't just go to college and present some degree to a corporate executive or, you know, whatever the case might look like. Sure. I knew that I was going to have to outwork the person next to me. Right. So here I am waiting tables, busting my tail, making better money than I'd ever made in my life. But I just knew that there was something more. Um, first business that I started to craft and develop was a DJ business. You know, I had DJed in my past life with, you know, nightclubs, dance parties, outdoor events. Um, so I was wanting to kind of take that and turn it into something much more positive. So I was, my thought was I could target weddings, private events, corporate functions with the opportunity to grow and have DJs under me where I'd operate almost like a booking agent. Simple shift in that season was when I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and the simple principle, begin with the end in mind, just changed that whole dynamic, right? I started asking myself, do I really want to be a 50-year-old DJ up there with a microphone hyping a crowd up? You know, I'm just, I realized right then and there that that was probably, not that it wasn't my calling and not a passion of mine, but maybe that wasn't it. Maybe that wasn't the vehicle, right? So, um, you know, I stumbled into it. So seven habits of highly effective people, then rich dad, poor dad. And that in this transitional period of my life, I'm like, dang, that's really interesting. Um, and si very simply put, Robert Kiyosaki talks about the difference between an asset and a liability, right? Mm -hmm. Asset is something that's going to put money in your pocket every single month. A liability is going to take money out, right? That's why you got kids wearing Jordans in the hood, you know, yet um, a more frugal or wealthy person, you know, not everyone's the same, but they might be a little bit more mindful on what they spend money on. And they're going to get assets first that are going to generate long-term wealth and income as opposed to liabilities like a car payment and something that's going to pull money out of your bank account. So that was that season, you know, getting into that. And I can't say that it's been easy by any means, uh, but it has, it has been a journey that started with a single step and I'm, I'm more blessed than I could even tell you right now. Love it, man. That's great. So you decided that you didn't want to remain uh, waiting tables forever. You decided that you didn't want to uh, be a DJ like you had mentioned in your 40s or 50s. Um, so you read those two books, The Highly Effective Habits, I believe it was. of Seven, seven Habits of Highly Effective People by I've read Stephen that Covey. Book. It's been a while, yep. but it's, it's a good one. And then, of course, Rich Dad. Those are two great books, by the way, guys. If you haven't read those yet, great, great, great books. Highly recommend them. Um, so you read those books, and then you decided at what point that I wanted to start doing real estate. So read the book and it's like, I think the biggest barrier for an entrepreneur is taking the information that's coming in and not getting stuck in the analysis part, right? Not oh, getting yeah. analysis paralysis, but how can I get out there and take action? How can I take the principles that I'm learning and reading and actually put them into some type of a diagram in my everyday life? 
So failing forward, I bought my first investment property, which was out of state. Uh, this old school investor, he's known as the foreclosure king. Um, I got plugged in with him, my wife or my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, uh, one of her connections. She's like, you need to reach out to this guy. She's like, he's doing it. He's making some big moves. So me, you know, brand new person, just like, I'm going to be a real estate investor. You know, I had cool. the vision. I had the thought. So I called him. I bought an asset out of state, spent almost all the money that I made waiting tables. You know, I dropped like 22 racks on this quadplex. Long story short, after pulling out my hair, man, as you can see, um, <laughs> eight months later, we sold it. You know, I, I had a contract like the week at the gate for twice what I paid for it. And then they pulled out because there's a lot of underlying issues. I could have lost my tail. Um, but in that big risk and exposure period is where I fell into wholesaling. And the moment that I learned that you can make money and make a lot of money in real estate without having to use your own money and without having to extend yourself, risk your tail with, you know, extensive repairs, all this, you can get involved in real estate for little to no money and make 10, 20 K spreads without even touching the asset. It blew my mind. So <laughs> that's what changed my entire business model. And I, th I think a big key for, you know, early investors or any business owner doesn't just have to be real estate, but it's being able to see into the future, right? And being able to try to see what's coming up and avoid those potential risks and shortcomings that could cause your business to tank. You know, I could have lost my butt and all that money that I worked three years for could have gone down the drain, right? So wholesaling real estate was just one of those things that it's blown up a lot since then. You know, you see a lot of new investors who are getting into it because it's, it's, it's popular. You go to any big wealth building seminar um, or coaching event or whatever it might be, there's always going to be some facet of real estate, right? So it's an easy point of entry um, and it's changed my life. Love it. You did a great job. Okay, cool. So um, you started out with an out-of-state property, you learned about wholesaling. Let me ask you this, because Mike and I, in, in lots of previous episodes, have talked quite a lot about this. How long did it take you from the time that you learned about wholesaling and started researching it and learning about it, reading courses, books, whatever it was, but from the time that you like learned and said, oh, this is cool, I want to do it, to the time that you did your first deal? How, how long did that take you? We're looking about six, seven months. That's you hear pretty a lot, standard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you hear a lot of overnight success stories. Like, you know, I started wholesaling and two weeks later, I picked up my first contract and made $30,000 spread. I'm like, that was not my story. I had to fail uh -huh. forward for a half a year, six, seven. It might've even been eight months, man. It was a long period. In mm -hmm. fact, I probably should have quit. I, you know, I, sh I shouldn't say that, but the, the time and resources that I had spent on just learning this and trying to figure my way through it. Um, man, it's not for the faint in heart. It's really not, you know, it, it could be one of the best decisions that you will ever make if it's a passion of yours that you can catch, but it is not for the faint in heart. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint in heart, but it is such a powerful vehicle to accelerate your wealth or your vision and give you a greater purpose for the future that will change not only your, your life, but potentially your family tree. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. Absolutely. So how did you start? How did you learn? Did you find someone else that had done a deal and they were telling you about it? Were you watching podcasts or YouTube videos and people were talking about it? What was the thing that introduced you? Because um, I don't believe that in Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks any, anything about wholesaling. Nope. So it was a mesh of a couple different things. Uh, for one, I got plugged in with a local RIA. For those of you that don't know, it stands for Real Estate Investor Association. Any large city or you know town that there's a real estate presence, there's probably some type of RIA, if not several. That's a great place to get plugged in with different investors, different movers and shakers in your industry. Another place that I spent a lot of time was YouTube, which for those of you that are probably already doing your research or if you're following on this podcast, um, you're realizing you can gain a lot of valuable information on YouTube. Um, I happened to run across the Discount Property Investor Podcast um, and your training course. I didn't actually go through the training course, 
Yeah. Well, one no of problem. the very first videos that I watched was with you and your partner, man. I'm like, dude, just literally giving away this information for free. If these two knuckleheads can do it, you can do it, right? Yeah. And I, I'm just thinking like, how can these guys afford to give away all this knowledge for free? You know, that's like the scarcity mindset that you tell yourself, like when you have knowledge, keep it to yourself because you don't want to give it away to your competition. But the further that you grow and progress, you realize it's quite the opposite. You know, the secret to living is giving. And the more that you could give freely with your information and your time and resources and help others grow, it's only going to accelerate your influence, your purpose and your wealth tenfold, you know? So absolutely really cool just to see the transformation in your own mind and thoughts and perspective just through that season. But yeah, tons of value that these guys give away. Sweet. Well, thank you for plugging the podcast. Um, and I'm glad you took it as of today, we've had over 5,300 plus people have taken our course and, um, it's a great place to start guys. So again, if you are new to wholesaling, and you want to learn about wholesaling, what it is, how it works, how easy it can be, check out that course. It's freewholesalecourse.com. Really, really simple. So after you found the podcast, thank you, thank you. After you found the podcast and you started learning YouTube, maybe some books, so on and so forth, what was the reason that it took six, seven, eight months you had said earlier to get that first deal? Was Were you in a state of analysis paralysis? Or were you just not marketing? So my thing is it took me about three to four months to do my first deal. And the first two months, I thought I was a wholesaler, but I wasn't picking up my phone cold calling. I wasn't sending any mail. I was basically driving around trying to talk to one or two people a day. Now I try to talk to 30 people a day. So my business is on a different scale, right? Um, But what was the reason for the time delay? Quite honestly, I think it, it comes down to one, a scarcity mindset and two, a belief in myself mm-hmm. because those are common reasons. That's why I asked. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with, of course, the action I was taking action, but coming from a place of scarcity, I was not willing to invest my heart and earn money into any form of marketing. So right. here I am like, you know, browsing Craigslist and I was working on my SEO take, you know, from the beginning, cause I was doing some carrot stuff, you know, investor carrot website and they have the SEO training. So here I am like plugging away at these things, um, having, trying to have very little exposure. Cause again, I knew how hard I was working on the back end. Um, but man, like just not making much traction, you know, browsing Craigslist, trying to find a free deal, which there's deals to be had on Craigslist. Don't get me wrong, but absolutely. Go, but they're few and be, far between yeah. just like, just, just like the deals, um, on the MLS, you know, you're, yep. you're not going to be able to have as much success. Now, when we take students on, you know, we tell them, hey, find the for sale by owners, find the properties that are for rent. They're either going to be on Craigslist, they're either going to be on Zillow, or they're going to be on Facebook Marketplace. Yep. You know, that's, that's where 95% of the deals are going to be. However, the people that you really want to approach are the people that you can get your marketing message in front to before they post on there. Right. Right. You can still find deals that way. Absolutely. And that's what I did in the beginning was literally the first thing I did before I sent out my first direct mail campaign. The first thing was I was calling and texting Craigslist um, for sale by owners and those who had properties for rent. And I got deals, but it took time. Whenever I learned that this is, this is the marketing business. We talk about this a lot in the course and yep. even more in our book. Um, but this is the marketing business. And once you learn that you have to invest time and or money into marketing, you know, you don't have a business until you learn that. So that's right. That's, that's the reason that it took me three to four months to get my first deal. The first two months I was spinning my wheels. I thought I needed to learn more. I, I don't know enough. Um, and I wasn't doing any marketing. I was doing a couple cold calls here and there, but nothing of any significance. And then I actually hired a local coach here in town. And he was like, David, you are in the marketing business. How do you expect yep. your phone to be ringing all day long with motivated seller leads if you're not telling people that this is the business that you're in? You need to be spending money on a marketing budget. And if you don't have money to spend, that's okay. But you need to be allocating three, four, five hours a day to be posting ads or following up with those people that are posting those ads. So I'd yeah, assume you had a similar 
a similar um, reason for the delay. Yep. Um, you know, just because, you know, you had mentioned motivation, you had mentioned analysis paralysis. And I think that is very, very, very common oh, yeah. ben, with most people. I think it's, it's human nature. And quite honestly, without, without a roadmap, like you said, the value of a mentor, without a roadmap showing you step by step what needs to be done, I would say it's, it's very, very difficult to get started. But fast forward two years ago till today, like we're talking, it was insanely difficult to find phone numbers and skip trace information two years ago, 18 months ago. You know, and if you had a good source, like, you know, Skip Genie and a couple others were the only providers maybe, unless you had like a TLO, TLO account. I mean, you're talking like a fifty a skip in some cases. So you look at how the data game has accelerated just the past couple of years. And it is, we have more tools and more information at our fingertips today than at any other point in history, right? And talk about like on a budget, your cost per lead when you got a cold calling team or, you know, when you're just hitting the phone because you can pull that data or you can get your own driving for dollars list and access that, get it skipped that same day and jump on the phone because you are your own best asset. You know, you're just trying to identify people in some type of distress and solve a problem. So it's, it's, it's a mesh, you know, but it's, it's so crucial to have some type of a mentor coach, someone that can kind of look, from the outside and tell you, you know, this is what we can work on. And when it comes down to it, we're not really in the real estate business. You said it yourself, you know, we're in the marketing business. Better you can get with marketing for motivated sellers, the more opportunities you're going to find. Love it. You nailed it, man. That's I preach and preach and preach and preach that all my students, I talk about it on as you know, on podcasts. I just, I did a speaking engagement over the weekend. Um, and you know, that, that's my number one thing. If you want to get into wholesaling, that's great. Um, I love wholesaling. I do a lot of it. My company does, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 deals a month on the low side. And you know, at the end of the day though, we are in the marketing business and just real estate. So happens to be the product, um, and or service. You can kind of look at it both ways, but it's the product or service that we are buying and selling. But just because we're buying and selling real estate doesn't mean we're real estate investors. We're actually in the marketing business. The way I see it is if you buy a property and then you buy it to fix and flip it or you buy it to add to your rental portfolio, then that's when you become the investor because you're taking on added risks. But if you are just flipping properties, you're not really a real estate investor. You're just a good marketer. And it just yep. so happens to be that real estate is the product and, and or service, um, depending on how you look at it. Um, that's actually being, you know, being purchased or, or bought or sold. So you nailed it, Ben. That, that is, that is it, man. This is the marketing business and you have to get good at marketing. Um, or if you don't have the funds, you have to have a budget of time. So it's either a, a monetary budget that's set aside for, you know, cold calling, bandit signs, direct mail, skip tracing to then cold call, skip tracing to, um, to cold text. I mean, whatever it might be. I'm on the radio right now. Um, we do AdWords. I mean, there's so many different ways. I actually have a course um, in, in our Discount Property Investor University that has 50 plus ways to find off-market deals. So, you know, I have actually come up with a list of 50 plus individual ways to go about finding deals off-market direct to the seller which is going to be your best deal. So Ben, let me ask you this real quick, because we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are very new to real estate investing. Why would one want to locate a motivated seller and buy off market? What's the benefit of doing that? You're going straight to the source, right? So think about, I mean, wholesaling real estate could be similar to, you know, cars, car salespersons, car salesperson, buys a cheap car or someone trades a vehicle in, they know that they're going to be giving it at a discount, right? To pull their credit, get a better car. When you're going straight to the source, you're skipping the middleman, right? Plus, I think the biggest key with that is we're finding people in distress situations, right? What happens when we're in distress? 
we're grasping for straws and we're looking for an answer to anything that's going to get us out of this, this situation, right? So when you're able to contact a seller who is, you know, out of state owner and they have this burdensome rental property or they've just inherited a property because their loved one passed away, they have no idea how to facilitate any type of real estate transaction. They just want out, right? They're wanting that easy button. If you're able to get in front of this person, whether it be in person or on the phone, and you have a people mentality, you're going to be able to, one, identify their personality type, figure out exactly what their need is, and then you being a creative marketer or real estate investor, identify the best solution on how you can meet that need, right? You realize wholesaling is more situational than it is... Um, you know, a want, it's more of a need than it is a want, you know, it's very situational. Someone's facing foreclosure. Someone has a loved one that passed away again, you know, vacant property, whatever the case is, there's some type of pain point. And when we find that pain point with the right mindset and the right training, you can identify a solution to dive in and be able to solve that problem. And on the other side, you're going to make a nice little payday at the end of it. Love it. I love it. So you, again, guys, you are seeking a win-win in all of these scenarios, right? But at the end of the day, and I was just, again, I was at a speaking engagement Saturday and it was a room full of newbie investors. And I said, all that I do as a wholesaler, all I do is trade convenience for a discount. Hence the name of my podcast, Discount Property Investor. But that's it. All I do is I trade convenience to a seller no matter what problem they have, all right? I like problems because problems equal profits. So no matter what problem they have, that's the solution I'm gonna provide. And typically it looks like this, but not always. It looks like a quick close. It looks like cash. It looks like as is, so they don't need to go in and paint or do any repairs or any of the clean out. We do all that for them. Um, and then last but not least, um, um, speed right so i kind of mentioned quick earlier but you know cash as is and speed those are the three main things that i can provide to them now when i walk into a property or somebody calls me on the phone and they say hey i got one of your letters dave or i heard you on the radio or you know somebody from your team cold called me last week and left me a voicemail whatever it was right and they say i got this property and i say oh great tell me more about the property and they tell me a little bit more about the property. The next thing I do is I say, why, why do you need to sell? I appreciate you taking the time to respond to the postcard or any of the ads that I place or whatever it might be. I, I, I want to thank you, but why do you need to sell? And then before I even let them answer, I finish with, because I don't really need to buy. I would love to be the buyer, okay? But I disqualify myself often before I even let them answer. And then they say, well, the why is because of this, this, and this. If they don't give you a why, ask when, because when will always reveal your why. So a, a perfect example of this, I went on an appointment a couple months ago. A guy said, um, you know, I got to sell this house. I got I to gotta have it sold by like next Wednesday. All right, today, let's assume today was Monday. So I had a little over a week. And I said, hey, no problem, man. Why are you selling? You know, I don't, I'm not really interested in talking about that. Okay, no problem. When do you want to close? When do you need to close by? I need to have funds in hand Wednesday because I'm going to jail Thursday. Well, he just told me his why. I didn't ask yep. him why. I asked the when. The when always reveals the why. And we got the deal done. I bought the house at 60 cents on the dollar, but it was a win-win because very few other people in the marketplace were going to be able to close the deal that quickly and with cash. And again, if you take a look at the 10,000 foot view, the big picture of what I actually did, all I did was just solve his problem by offering him convenience. He knew that I wasn't going to pay retail and he knew as an investor that I didn't need to buy that home. But at the right price, I not only wanted to, but would love to buy that home. So last year, my company bought 98 houses. The year before we, or I'm sorry, this year, we're already at end of, the, end of, the, end of October. We've already purchased uh, about 85, so we should be close to 100 by the end of this year. We'll be right on base for what we did last year. And I tell people all the time, even the sellers, you know, last year I bought 98 houses, but I didn't need to buy any of them, okay? 
So I am an investor. I don't do this for free. I don't do it for a loss. I have to make money. And I am more than willing to provide you with convenience if you are willing to provide me with a discount. If you are not interested in selling your property to me as a discount, I want to just stop the conversation right then and there because I don't want to waste any more of their time, let alone my time. So I love that. But I like to disqualify them and myself right off the bat and figure out why they need to sell. If they are looking for retail on that property, I cannot help them personally. However, there's lots of ancillary benefits of being a real estate investor. I know a ton of real estate agents. In fact, I own a brokerage and I have real estate agents that work for me so I can send them out to help those individual people. But again, I try to do a lot of this over the phone so it prevents me from having to spend inefficient time driving around, so on and so forth. Absolutely. So, boom. That, that's huge. That's huge. Setting the scarcity up front is important too. I think the most important thing that you outlined was you're going to set the stage for the entire phone call. You want to identify up front, is this a good fit for you? Is it a good fit for us? And let's take any disqualifying questions and put them right here up front so that we can put figure them out that front. out. Yep. Absolutely. That way we're not going to waste 15 minutes of our time just to find out that you want retail. And if you do want retail, please let me know so we can hand it off to one of our partnered agents, right? That's right. But Absolutely. Coming out and then setting it with, with the scarcity. I don't need to buy another house. I don't, right? Right. But then that's almost like you're pulling away. That does something to us psychologically, especially when we're in distress, right? And you, at that point, you're clinging for straws because this guy doesn't need me. You know, it's like, you, re- you recognize your need for them, right? And I think the big thing with wholesale is we, in most cases, not every, but in most cases, we give people what they need. It's not always what they want, right? But we help people in distressed situations. And if there's a way to solve their problem, we're going to give them exactly what they need, right? Absolutely. And One again, of my really, really good buddies actually has an office in my building. He... um is pivoting more into wholesaling recently. But prior to that, he's just been a landlord. And he always says, man, I love wholesalers. They provide liquidity. And I never thought of it that way until he said it that way. But that's exactly what wholesalers do. We provide liquidity. We don't pay people retail because if you understand the definition of business, I'll I'll read you the definition of business if you don't know, but the definition of business is so simple. It is the act of making money. That's it. Okay. Four or five words. The act of making money. And this is a business for us. So if you are not buying a property at a discount, it's going to be very difficult to make a profit on it unless you're able to add a ton of value at half of the cost. Okay. So yes, wholesalers, we provide liquidity. We are out in the marketplace. We are helping people, providing them with solutions. But at the end of the day, we aren't doing it for free and or for a loss. There's got to be a profit there. This is a business. So I love it, Ben. I'm agreeing with every single thing you said, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, hey, Ben, let's skip ahead. I don't want to go too long. Um, When you first started out, it took you six to eight months to, you know, to kind of get your feet wet doing some deals. Tell me a little bit about the first deal you did. Just real quick. First deal that I did, it was, a, it was a cold call, and it was a sweet old lady who happened to be in a nursing home in Atlanta. Um, called her on a vacant property list. When she answered, um, she had trouble talking. She was, in, she was in pain. She was not in good health. Um, we identified that the property that I addressed did, in fact, belong to her. And I asked her, well, how much would you like to sell it for? And she's like, ah, I don't know, like $8,000. And I'm like, okay, take, take mine. This is in the rougher zip code in Columbia, right? Okay. So you'll, the more you dive in with the real estate investing, you realize there's the good places, the not so good places. Absolutely. If you're hearing this podcast and you're not in real estate and you're like, this guy's buying a house for $8,000, that's absurd. It happens every single day. But we buy them for two and three thousand dollars. Yeah, all the it's time. insane. Yeah. So when you're in a rougher area, you know, it's but a you don't want to be in those areas with, that we're buying that. it for. Absolutely. It's also yeah, it's harder to sell a house in those areas too. Anyway, Absolutely. she's like, I'll take eight thousand. I'm like, would you meet me at five? 
she's like, okay, I got a $5,000 house that two weeks later I sold for 15 K boom. 10. That was it. That was the belief that showed me that this vision is real. You know, it, that was like the epiphany moment. Like, wow. And how now, long this, would it have taken you to make 10 K either waiting tables or DJing? Waiting tables. doesn't really matter. Doesn't yeah. really matter. The point is, is it would have been quarter weeks, year at least yeah, 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 weeks to months versus 30, 40 minutes. Now, Boom. You had spent five, six months, eight months, whatever it was up to that point, learning that, that knowledge, that specific knowledge that was needed. But once you do one, the second one comes easier. So the point that I want to make here, guys, is yes, you may, yes, you may have to spend some time and some money educating yourself. Hopefully you start listening to more podcasts like this so you can learn from our mistakes, right? Yep. But once you learn how to do this, wholesaling is extremely simple. I don't like to use the word easy because simple and easy are two totally different things. Yep. Okay. Something that is very, very, very simple can be difficult. And oftentimes wholesaling is difficult. Okay. But at the end of the day, the process in which you go about or go through in order to get a deal under contract, locate the motivated seller first, then get it under contract and shop it to your cash buyers, then take it to the title company and sell that deal is extremely simple, extremely. So you spend a lot of time educating yourself, working up, you got this first deal done, okay? So here's the really the point that I wanna make, Ben, and this is why I asked. Let's assume it took six months, it doesn't really matter the exact date, right? But that was from zero to one. What was the time frame between one and two? Second one, honestly, took about two months. But after that, it was a domino effect. Doesn't matter. Six right? months to two is a third. Yep. You're compressing time. And that's the big thing that time. you see. But such a key, key takeaway that I've gained the past couple of years is how can I take the number, but multiply that, right? Or how, how can I 10x my, my results? It comes down to compressing time. And the only way to do that is to surround yourself with people who have already been where you want to be. Where you want I to go, absolutely right? agree, one hundred percent. So the second deal, it took them about two months, and then I'm I'm gonna assume the third and the fourth and the fifth took less time. Absolutely. So for for my road, my journey, it took me three to four months to get my first deal, and the first two months I was just reading and I wasn't really doing any marketing. Maybe even the first three months. I hired a coach. He's like, David, you got to send postcards. At the time, that was the big thing. It's still very popular. I just sent a batch of postcards out last week. Um, but then what happened is I got a deal within three weeks of sending postcards out. And then it took me about three more weeks to get my second deal. So I went from four months to three weeks. And then my third and fourth deal were done simultaneously two weeks behind that. Right? Same seller or different? All different. Yeah. Yep. All Love different it. to this. I mean, I've been doing this almost five years. I, I keep saying four, but I think I've been saying that for two years now, but doing this full time, five years, I've done close to 400 transactions, maybe more than that. Even I know, I, I know for a fact it's over 350, and that's a, that's, you know, four and a half to five years worth of work. It took me three or four months to get the first one. Absolutely. In your case, a little longer. But the thing that's so beautiful about this business is, is it's so incredibly, I'm circling back here. It's so incredibly simple. Once you learn these very, very basic principles, then you have to then just go out and find the motivated seller. And that part right there can be difficult. Okay. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's simple. However, it gets simpler and gets easier the more you do it. All right. So you have to learn how to get good at marketing. And then from there, everything else will fall into line. Love it, Ben. Love it. So how many, um, how many deals are you guys doing a week at this or a month at this point? You said you're in a couple markets already, which is yeah, awesome. So I would say Columbia, we're between five and six deals a month. <clears throat> Atlanta, Georgia, which is our secondary market at this point. Um, we're having a little bit of growing pains. We actually started, we found a niche and we we're wholesaling vacant land. At least when it was hot over the summer, since summer's kind of dwindled off. We're not able to move these lots quite as quick. Um, we just launched Google PPC out there. So we're probably about three deals a month and hiking up from there. Um, 
So between the two markets, I'd say we're close to 10. Love a it, lot man. Of, a lot of people will tell you, you know, again, laser sharp focus. Don't, don't get distracted from the main thing. You know, and I think that's a key takeaway for any beginner, especially. You don't want to, I guess virtual wholesaling is kind of taken off and a lot of people are like, oh, I can do it all over. My recommendation is have laser sharp focus at whatever you do. Totally instead agree. Of, instead of trying to be a, a master at all these different marketing channels, become the master of one until you've mastered it. And then you can essentially hand that off to a VA or an assistant and you can move on to the next. But if you're trying to do the shotgun approach at marketing and try to do everything at once, you're going to paralyze yourself, right? So quick little story. Um, I think this is like a John Maxwell teaching or something, but they say when a, a lion trainer walks into the lion den, he's got a sidearm at his hip, but the most valuable tool that he is carrying is a four-legged stool. Because if the lion was to come at him, he simply thrusts the stool at the lion and the lion tries to focus on all four legs, thus becoming paralyzed. It paralyzes it. Same thing with our vision. If we're trying to do too many things at once, you're going to become paralyzed because you're not grasping the concepts of that one thing. And totally you got to keep agree. the one thing, the one thing. Totally agree. Try to chase two rabbits and see how many rabbits you catch. Absolutely. You know, doesn't work. That doesn't work very well. You got to get, you got to go for one. So I, I, I love it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, ben, what else you want to add, man? What else you got? Okay. So trying to think of some nuggets for someone just starting. If you're just starting, you know, my encouragement, again, biggest takeaway is just focus on that one thing and become a master, right? Surround yourself with people who are going to bring you to that next level, right? If you have any toxic people in your life, you need to start stripping that away as hard as it might be. It might be your family members, might be some of your best friends. You're the best one that's going to know if it's a toxic environment or not, but you want to surround yourself with people who get it, people that are going to support you and push you towards your vision because at the end of the day, it's not an easy journey and you're going to need people in your corner that are going to continue to encourage you and push you along because it's that that's going to help you reach that next level. Now that's just a little bit of quick mindset. Um, I would say focus when you see the majority doing one thing, find a different way of doing things, which is where, David's 50 ways of marketing could be a great way to get you in the door and figure a creative way to maybe even save a little bit of money yet have that exposure to market to motivated sellers, yep. right? So cold calling, you know, again, a year, 18 months ago wasn't as hot, but now it's like the hot new thing because everyone's jumping on the phones because it's gotten blown up. You know, cold calling's always been around, but it hasn't been pimped out, if you will, like it has recently, right? I mean, one of our primary marketing channels is cold calling. You know, I got five callers right now. But again, when, when you see the majority doing one thing, I would encourage you to try something different. And the more creative you can get and the more of a personal touch that you can put on your marketing, I think the more successful you will be. Man, I love it. That was some good nuggets there. And I totally agree with everything that you just said. 100%. You nailed it. I love it. So what's next for you, Ben? What do you, what do you want to do over the next one to two years? Are you looking to expand into more markets? Are you looking to build out the current market uh, markets? It looks like you got two, two you had mentioned, Columbia, South Carolina, and then Atlanta. Are, are you doing any um, fix and flips? Are you doing anything in terms of building a rental portfolio? Or are yep. you just laser focused on wholesale? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. So Starting off as my buy and hold strategy, I acquired several really low end assets. You know, we're talking houses I bought for five, seven, ten thousand dollars, and I would go ahead and market it as is, collect us, you know, a small down payment, three to five thousand dollars, and owner finance it. Um, it's been good. You know, in some cases, I'm making a hundred percent return on my money per year, but the standard of people and the headaches you have to deal with that can be a pain in the butt. Now, with that being said, I, with, with that being said, let me say one thing real quick. With that being said, I don't even like buying rentals anymore that rent for less than 900 a month because of that exact same yeah. reason. Yep. Yep. It's just nailed it. Yeah. You're dealing with that type of people, right? And you 
create whatever you want with that in your mind, but you're dealing with that type of people. So it's been a pain right. in my butt figuring that out. We're foreclosing on this house in Indiana right now, which this dude is crazy. That's a story for another day. One um, of my best friends has a, a fix and flip business in Indiana. So after the podcast, I'll connect you. Maybe you'll, maybe he'll want it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, man. So yeah, kind of string from that, you know, eight or so on our finance properties. We just started picking up rentals this year. Uh, we got three, we got our fourth under contract, which I'll hold on to. And rehabbing, we started this year as well, right? First thing was learning the progress of a deal. And I think the best, easiest point of entry, of course, wholesaling. is wholesaling. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to show you every this. angle. Yeah, so wholesaling is the marketing business. So yep. I love it, Ben. You've, you've pivoted from becoming an expert at marketing, which it sounds like you're good at. You're doing deals. That's all. That, that's the only way to... To, to, to determine if you've been successful or not at your marketing efforts, are you doing yep. deals? Well, then boom, you're getting good, right? Absolutely. So you, you're pivoting now into more of an investor role where you're keeping properties into a portfolio and or fixing and flipping. I love it, man. Yep, it. huge. So we're taking on like one or two flips at a time. Um, I got a, our first luxury flip. It's in a place called Forest Acres out here in Columbia. Um, beautiful house, man. It looks like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's house. Wow. Like pulling up, it's got the big pillars, the four pillars in front, a little bit smaller than their big, big old mansion. But my my acquisitions manager is going to play Will Smith. We're going to do a tight little trailer video of the Fresh Prince and nice. throw back close. Anyways, that's the progression in the real estate business. Goals, uh, we got an office complex under contract, looking to close on that the next 30 days. It's a little bit longer of a due diligence period because commercial property is a little outside of you know, my forte. So there's different codes and it's very different from residential real estate. Of course. Right? Yeah. It's def It's different for sure. Yep. So we're getting that, um, in the process of building, you know, some training, coaching platforms, ultimate goal of, of course, get some speaking engagements. I got a little one on the way. So I guess right now the big question in my mind is, do I really want to be on the road a little bit throughout the year? Or do what, you know, I kind of sit back and do the family thing. Um, of course, systematizing a real estate business is doable. You know, like you can take yourself out of those seats, hand it off to people. So right now it's like, it's moving. I wouldn't say it's a complete well-oiled machine, but I could go on vacation and my business would run for at least a short period of time. Yeah. So that's overall great. vision, man, build, build some type of a, an empire, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it, man. That's great. You don't have to have, you know, you don't have to necessarily have them, the goals dialed in. You just need to know where you need to, where you want to go. And that's perfect. Yep. I love it. I absolutely love it. So that's awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool. Ben, tell us a little bit more about your website. Yep. So best place to find me. I'm the only Ben Lovro in the whole world. Simply that's Google -O -O. my name. L-O-V-R-O. L-O-V-R-O. R-O. Got it. Yep. Ben Lovro. Google my name. Uh, you'll get my webpage, probably some of the investment sites. Um, we got a lot of valuable content on there. That's where we house the Flip Connect Media Cast, where we interview entrepreneurs and real estate investors from across the nation. The goal is to get plugged in with some different, you know, global people as well. Of course. Um, but that's it. Big on social media. You know, again, your your network is your net worth, and the more that you can surround yourself and get plugged in with some of those crowds of people that are already modeling the stuff that you want to achieve is the way to do it. So social media, all channels, Ben Lovro, um, and check out the website. Love to have you guys. That's right, guys. Also, check out, check them out on social media. And then of course, benlovro.com. Man, I wish that there wasn't any other David Dodges. You know, yeah. I, I get told a lot, man, you got a great name, you know, two D's or whatever. And I, I like my name by all means, but Geez, man, there's like 300 David Dodges out there. <laughs> there is. There's so many of them. I was at the car dealership the other day, and they're like, which David Dodge? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm the one. And they're like, do you live at this address or this one? Both of them are in St. Louis where I live. <laughs> I'm like, what? There's another dude here? They got my same name? So That's you 30. got a good thing going with a, with, a real, with a unique name, man. I love it. And it's not anything out of the ordinary by any means either. It's just, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's where you just dominate the SEO game is David Dodge. So anyone Googles your name, boom, you know, you're right. controlling that space. I think that's a big thing as you progress, you know, in your industry is figuring out how you can create your narrative, right? Because right. you're the author of your life. 
And the more that you can, you know, create your life with purpose, I think the more success, the more influence you're going to have. Man, you nailed it. I love it. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to wrap up with that right there. I think we're approaching about an hour. We like to keep the episodes a little less than an hour, so that's great. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, check out Ben on social media. Check out his actual website, Ben Lovro. That's B-E-N-L-O-V-R-O.com. Um, he's got some exciting things that he's working on that he didn't even mention that we talked about prior to coming on the actual podcast here today. So definitely um, go follow Ben and, 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 and follow out, you know, follow what he's been doing as well in terms of some of the things that he's going to be putting out on that website in the very, very near future. Um, if you guys are listening to this podcast, then most likely you're new to investing. If you're not new to investing, then we are glad to have you. Remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell, okay? So you want to become a discount property investor. Just because this is the name of my podcast doesn't mean that you can't also call yourself a discount property investor. I do not buy properties at retail. I haven't done that in close to five years. Every property I buy, I buy it at a discount. I make my money when I buy. I get paid when I sell. One last thing I wanna, I wanna end on guys is wholesaling is the best and easiest way to start. It's the simplest as well um, because it doesn't require a lot of capital. You're, you can essentially flip contracts, okay? However, wholesaling is a job. So if you wanna, you know, if you're getting into, into this business to replace a job, then you need to understand that wholesaling does require a lot of work. We talked about this earlier. It's very simple but it's not always necessarily easy, okay? So what I recommend you do is you learn how to market to motivated sellers. You start with wholesaling because then you can refine those skills, those skills of making offers, running repairs, doing comps, walking around properties, determining repair estimates, so on and so forth, all these things. But in the end, what you wanna do is you wanna be able to cherry pick the best of those best deals. So you can add those to the, your portfolio of rental properties, or you can add them to your next fix and flip project where you may take a 10 or 15K wholesale and turn it into a $75,000 payday, so on and so forth. So again, guys, I want to appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you, Ben, for coming on the show and sharing some gold nuggets with our audience. Don't forget, guys, go follow Ben on social media and look him up online, benlovero.com. Until next time, we are going to sign off. And if you guys have any questions or anything for me in the meantime, feel free to reach out. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.